You cannot carry out fundamental change without a certain amount of madness. In this case, it comes from nonconformity. The courage to turn your back on the old formulas. The courage to invent the future. Welcome back to Invent the Future, the Marxist-Leninist podcast discussing history, theory, culture, and organizing. I am Ethan, and I'll be hosting tonight, I guess. Who who else we got here? Uh, we have Ilex, for which is me. <laughs> uh, oh, and this is uh, Taylor. Back for another one. Uh, all right, so we got the whole squad. This is the only three people who've ever been on Invent the Future. Uh, 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 it's you know it's holidays. Everybody's, yeah, everybody's busy and yeah. Everyone's, we just had a apocalyptic climate collapse event yesterday. Yeah, the hundred mile an hour winds here. Have they well, recorded any deaths in the springs yet? Oh. Do we know oh, I if don't anybody? No, I haven't okay. heard. Hmm. I would be that. shocked if nobody got hurt. Yeah. I mean, with the amount of like hundred foot trees that I've seen in people's yards and homes, it, like there's, there's no way somebody had to have gotten squished yeah. by a tree. Well, I hope they didn't, but anyway. So yeah, I, tonight we were like a lot of events occurred in this year. So we're going to talk about all of them. Buckle up. You know, we're going to go it, day by day, 365 oh, days. <laughs> we get 30 seconds per day. Go. I mean, that's still boom, boom, 180 boom, boom, boom. minutes. It's that's that still would be a long like three hours. Podcast. Yeah. yeah, man. Before we get into that, though, how how did you feel about the year? Like, like just lengthwise, because I got to tell you, like after last year and just kind of everything that happened, like it felt real long last year. And then you get to the end and it was quick. This year was kind of the same. I forgot that all the shit that happened this year happened this year. It just kind of flew by. Yeah, I I felt kind of both ways. Part of it was like. Oh, that was that was this year, huh? Like yeah. it's just really quick. I mean, part of it was just because, like, I guess I've been work, I've been working the same job all year, and it kind of blends in every day. Kind of blends in. Just it's just a waking nightmare. It's all the same. Yeah. But then, yeah. But then at the same time, sometimes it was like, oh, everything happens so much. Yeah. It's dialectics. <laughs> I feel like the same. I feel like well, actually, it felt very at points. It was going really fast. And I think it's just because of like the semester and with organizing I've been doing, I had to do a lot of stuff that like had a deadline and I hate deadlines. So it became (laughs) like, it just came really fast, but I don't know. Like I agree with like last year, last year felt like it was just like April felt like forever, like five years at least. While as this one, it just feels, I don't know. It feels fast and slow, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah. This, is, this is the first post-COVID year. That's so. right. We, it's the year oh, yeah, we, we, beat we beat the COVID. pandemic. We, we, we beat the pandemic. That's and we the were first. B- that's the first of, uh, event. January 1st. Oh. COVID's over. Yeah. Cool. Well, we're right into it. This COVID, is great. The pa- post-pandemic. It was yeah. exciting. Yeah. Not having to worry about COVID. We got to do stuff again. Yeah. We got Fantastic. to spewing particles like all over my homies. <laughs> we'll talk about COVID. What was it? I think yesterday we passed 800,000. Oh man! Official, official. In deaths. Colorado, Spur- in Colorado <laughs> Springs. Springs. Yes. Oh, deaths! Oh, population. I thought. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, no, sorry. sorry. I, I think was, cases were. Like I was thinking millions. cases. Eight hundred thousand deaths in Colorado Springs alone. We every single sorry. person in Colorado Springs, and then a bunch more. more yeah. My apologies. Yeah, no, but like, but like overall, was your year like okay or bad or? Um, I mean, I got a new job that. 
I I am both excited about and also I think frustrated with at this point. <laughs> the new job sounds is, like working. The new job is a little less new. I think it's I'm at six months at this point, so it's it's not as new. But the actual job part of my job um, only started a couple months ago. There was a lot of like preparing for it. So good. I mean, it's it's my first like real you know grown up grown up big boy job. Uh, my first time working salary, which mm. you know is. A, a mixed bag, but yeah, my year's been okay. Is it a four hundred one k? No, I mean, there's there's almost no benefits. I I make salary, but um, that's about it. The only benefit is they pay him in Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think benefits will come eventually. Um, there's talks of you know insurance and stuff like that. So, hmm. how about you, Ethan? Oh well, I, it was it was okay. I think overall, part of the reason the time felt so fucked up was because I generally break down my year. By am I working on a play? Do I have a play coming up? Right. Did a play just end? Like I remember the last six years of my life based on what play I have directed. Um, mm. Like, oh, when did such and such thing happen? Oh, well, it was just after I directed Last Temptation of Christ. Um, yeah, but and so we only did two plays, but they were all like kind of you know non traditional outdoor things. So it was kind of weird, and it just kind of threw off my groove. Uh, overall, like personally, I think I was doing all right. Mentally, not. Great. Just kind of thinking about, I've just had a lot more time to think about, uh, our imminent, uh, we say, we, I don't know. I always say like, Oh, the imminent climate collapse, like, Oh, we're all going to die as if there's going to just like suddenly the, all the oxygen on earth is just going to burst into flames. Like that's not, it's going to be like yesterday, Yeah. but like power outages, you can't buy stuff. Right. Can't get around. It's just going to be like that, but more so. And then probably more, like state repression. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, uh, other than that, I've been doing all right. That's good. <laughs> all right. And you, and Alex? You? Uh, pretty same. Um, I've noticed with a lot of people that I've talked to, it's that similar kind of mindset of like knowing things are okay. But oftentimes people don't have the language nor the understanding of why it's not okay. They right. just feel that anxiety. And then obviously, like some. I feel like some liberal tendencies lean to, well, it's just media hyper reacting to. And I'm not saying I'm not saying that they're ca- like the media isn't causing some kind of anxiety in people. We're just we're more divided than we've ever been. We're just, yeah, like <laughs> it's just, yeah, it just sucks. Uh, but like, it's just I think it's kind of upsetting to see people start to realize I'm not start to realize. I think COVID last year kind of impacted that. And then with the protests over the summer for George Floyd and Breonna Taylor really kind of brought that image. Like people now I think are starting to see it's not going to be okay for a very long time. Maybe ever. We don't know. I mean, I don't want to be pessimistic as well. I won't be. Joe Biden's only been in a year. No, I just, I do think it's funny that last year and over the summer, I I do think it's funny as a, as a, fucking horrible way to phrase this to start not like but funny haha no like but like it's 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 a strange. very like yeah it's it's kind of dismaying to remember last summer and like a lot of us were up in denver every night for protests or they we were here every night for protests and things like that and then like nothing changed except for one dude in in office and i didn't see any kind of like 
frustration or up in arms, but uh, from anybody uh, that calls themselves quote unquote like liberal or I'm I'm a left liberal or whatever, you know, like there wasn't a whole lot of action happening this year, which is kind of mind blowing because like the, the, the circumstances of the world have not improved since last summer. But, mm-hmm. you know, there was a lot of anger last summer. And then this year it was just kind of directed at like, I think, frustrated apathy. Like there was this overwhelming sense of just like, like the the kind of stuff that uh, us as people who've organized for years now have kind of gone through over and over and over again. Like the libs that we know and just I think liberals in general like have finally experienced that like, oh we put in some work right like we're we're doing it and then they just got burned out and tired and thought mm-hmm. that things were better because they voted you know and all of a sudden <laughs> this year as much as like shit's been bad. There's been no upheaval the same way that like I thought I thought last year, like I had a feeling like, oh, this is mm-hmm. there's something certain here. And then it just kind of like floundered. Like yeah, they passed we, the George Floyd Act. <laughs> and uh, they're not kids in cages anymore. They're uh, family overflow centers or whatever yeah, it is. Right. I mean, and, and that's and yeah. So exactly what you're saying with people. They were just upset about it because Trump was. Right. Gauche. Like he was gross and uh, mm-hmm. and he was like, oh, God, this isn't what we're about. Well, it is because Joe Biden's doing exactly the same things. And in a lot of ways, he's worse. Yeah. Right, but, but he's nice. He's a nice old man. Well, he's and not, like, uh, it, man, it feels it feels like so it doesn't feel good to say I told you so. But like, that's all <laughs> that we can say. Right. Because like, mm-hmm. I don't know how many times I have to like talk to people in my life or like, you know, post to a fucking Instagram story about like, hey, this is kind of fucked up. Maybe we should do something and then have like liberal friends or family members of mine just be like, well, you you voted for La Riva, so I don't want to hear you say anything or like you didn't do anything. I'm like, and it's just like, you know, how often do we have to go through this cycle of Republicans doing exactly what they want to Democrats getting into office, doing absolutely nothing to counteract that letting the Republicans win again because that gives them an enemy. It, yeah, it's, it's like, it's, it's so for all the motherfuckers in this world that I know that are just like, I love Harry Potter or game of Thrones. Like to see an actual like villain story work out like this, where it's just like, they're not good. They're literally just passing the buck to the people that you want to make the villain and then come back to these people. Like, it's it's yeah. like, do you have you, <sighs> well? I, yeah, I just say because like Joe Biden, that motherfucker, he's like been an important part of almost every major negative American political trend in like the last thirty years, right? Mm-hmm. But suddenly we don't remember that. The, no, what? but it's the it's it's, it's like sh- it's short attention spans. It's this idea that people want to be. Uh, the heroes of a story by just like voting, you know, once every four years or every two and, years yeah, or whatever. It's like it's, a learned helplessness. You're right. just like, I know, I this is listen, I've done everything I can. I fuck I voted. Yeah. Yeah. It's really upsetting to think that that's not enough. Mm-hmm. So right. so don't bring it up. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's uh not good. But <laughs> hey, let's let's look let's look at back at the year. I mean yeah, these are yeah, some yeah. of the no, like, no 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 I mean these are some of the overall trends which I think is good and that's like mm-hmm. how we've been feeling. Yeah, the, no. that sets the tenor no, for yeah, uh, this, the, exactly <laughs> like we're, mm-hmm. we're we're looking back at a year of Biden at this point and yeah. we can we can really kind of just like take it for what it is. Well, once he gets reelected, that's when he can <laughs> really <laughs> That's when he can really get going cuz he won't have to worry about getting oh, reelected, man. right? How many times have we heard that? <laughs> Uh, well, right. That's why when Obama got his second term, he closed Guantanamo. He. Uh, you mean our second black president? Because <laughs> recurring, recurring joke. I'll put the music again. <laughs> from him on Arsenio Hall. 
the cover uh, the cover of this episode is the the picture of Bill Clinton sitting with the records in his lap. So there are a few things that kind of happened all through the year, and I'll kind of save those for the end. But for the beginning here, we'll just kind of go through each month and some of the big events. I did not put everything on here, so don't don't get mad at me. Go yell about it on like the comments of your local news stations mm. Facebook page, because <laughs> uh, I don't want to hear it. But yeah, so January. We kind of started off right off the bat with the biggest event in human history on January 6th, oh, the man. attempted coup Yeah, from the, the attempted usurper, Drumpf. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like... I've I, never seen a more polite coup. Like, I, I was thinking about it the other day, and I, I think I was talking to somebody. Like, those idiots, like, walked in, like, the velvet ropes. Yeah. Like, they didn't, like, kick a single thing over. Like, they stole shit, obviously, but just, like... That was the image that stuck with me. Not necessarily the, that whole thing. I, I was sitting at home watching it with my roommates, but just watching people just like politely walk through the velvet ropes. That's the image that will stick with me for that event. But what was most shocking were people shocked that the cops weren't going to stop them. Oh, right. I was <laughs> like, why do you, what do you think this is? Like people like these cops aren't going to do shit. To these, the freedom fighters. Um. But but now the narrative of the Capitol Police is that, like, they all have PTSD and they all are so traumatized by the event and, like, all... But but at the time, like, yeah, you could see on TV they're fucking letting people in the barricades. Right. So, like, yeah. So, um... And didn't yeah. some of them tell them where, like, yeah, sir, they're, like... Tell them where, to, where Nancy Pelosi's <laughs> office or whatever, yeah. There, something like... A lot of questions have been raised about uh, how much the FBI... And other intelligence agencies knew, which with the FBI specifically, like it was a bunch. So there's some questions for me about like op, psyop, um, but also like I don't know who cares. Like yeah. I, I, the main thing for me about like January 6th is that it's worse than 9/11 for so many political uh, like pundits and news mm-hmm. anchors. It's like this was the greatest tra- tra- travesty, tragedy, tragedy. In our country's history, they were broke into our hollowed halls of, they made a mockery of our democracy. It's just, shut the fuck up. They, I mean, they, they literally did nothing, really. I mean, (laughs) they, they, they broke in, they stole some fucking statues, they took pictures, and then a bunch of them got arrested. Like, I, What else is there? Like, yeah, obviously, like, op, whatever. The the fucking, like, you don't send the rats to, like, protect the cheese. So it's like, <laughs> what is the FBI going to do? What is the CIA going to do? Like, they're, like, the CIA is busy trying to overthrow other countries. Like, yeah. they don't have time to stop it happening here. You're not yeah. a big believer in domestic gladio? <laughs> we'll get to it. No, um... <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't. I just, I just think like, yeah, that was uh, very beginning of the year. Just starting out with a, starting out with a bang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, last, last time I talked to my parents. Oh. It's been almost a year. Like, do we? Wow. They just like ceased communication after the sixth, which is hilarious. Did, like, did they say anything about it? No. I mean, like, I, I talked to my dad. I texted my dad on the fifth, and then the sixth happened, and then like. Was he was it, he there? I you know what? I was concerned. As soon as I realized like a couple weeks later that I hadn't heard from my parents, I was like, wait a minute. The last time we talked, and I was like talking to other family, I'm like, are my parents alive? Like, have you talked to them? Cause like they just were not like I went by their house and like I had a key to their house and like that didn't work anymore. And like the mm-hmm. the doorbell and I was just like, Oh, okay. And so Are they know, like were they like big Q people? I, I I didn't know, but now I think I do. Oh, you know, and like, they don't talk to you because they know you're a Sicko, lib commie. <laughs> um, 
Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, like we we've gone through periods where we sure. hadn't talked before, but like this was the one that like if that's how it's going to be, like if you're that far gone, maybe it's not worth it for me. Like, and it honestly, it's improved my mental health some for sure. Okay. So, but I mean, that, that, that's another thing that I attach to it is I'm just like, oh. Like that shook them so much. And like, that's the thing is like, that's their people. Like, I don't know why it was that like they stopped talking to me. <laughs> I, I was just like, I, I don't know. You're fucking idiot. That's your compatriots. Guy. Like that's your guys fucking did this. I don't know what happened, but yeah. What a weird way to start the year. Yeah. yeah. And like, just so benign ultimately. Like I, well, that's, I mean, that's, that's the most yeah, insane like, thing. All this stuff happened. And then like, what came of it? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. They impeach Trump over it. Old man gone now forever. Uh, yeah, he'll be back. Oh, he'll be back. Uh, well, uh, oh, I'm sure you're going to get to that, too. But like which Kennedy was supposed to be resurrected and like announced that he was running with Trump. JFK. Like, the, was it JFK? Some I, th- of the, I thought it was like. <laughs> that was also November because it was on the uh, anniversary of Kennedy Kennedy's assassination. Yeah. The Q people had that rally in Dallas. <laughs> And they were like, no, JFK is actually still alive and oh, he's going to yes. come back. Yeah. Uh, he's going to show up. He'd be like 150 <laughs> or something at this point. But yeah, cra- crazy. Crusty. Crusty. Or they thought that RFK was coming back. I was RFK, what I- No, JFK Jr. And then is mm. RFK Jr. These guys need better. They need to name their fucking kids different things than themselves. We just need yeah, to like. No more Kennedys. Yeah, like, the, the world has is, existed. We, like, we have surpassed Kennedys. The need for Kennedys. Um, Except for the dead Kennedys, <laughs> they're not they, as they exist. They Jello's pretty all right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. All right, so that was the bottom of American history. But in the same month of January, we had the top. With on January twentieth, we got the most progressive president of all time, <laughs> Joseph Robinette Biden. Somehow, even uh, I mean, so it's only been a year. So he either. If you point out anything bad he's done, it's like, listen, he's only had a, he's only been in a year. Like, give him more time. Mm-hmm. And if it's good, then it's like, this is the new FDR. Like, this is this is the new this is the new New Deal. Yeah, the, um, the new New Deal that stripped out anything that would actually help the working class. Yeah. Like, I mean, this just happened. I think yesterday or the day before, they're officially shelving the Build Back Better bill. Jesus, and amazing. The administration is like, well, we're going to focus on uh, getting voting rights restored. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll believe when I see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, uh, fuck to Joe Biden. He mm-hmm. sucks. He's basically Trump, but a, he's a kinder, gentler Trump. But that's oh, yeah. what, that's all Democrats ever are. Yeah. Um, well, and I love I love that we say Trump, but like, I mean, another another year goes by another president's elected and everybody fucking forgets that, like. Bush Senior existed. That Bush Junior existed. No, no, like, no. they love mm-hmm. Bush Junior now. Well, he's yeah, like, he's good because he he hugged he Michelle Obama and, and he's he friends with Ellen DeGeneres. Like yeah. I, it just you know, but I love that. That's the new metric. Is like Trump. Honestly, because like Trump sucked, but like policy wise, eight years of Bush was fucking way worse. Well, yeah, <laughs> like, I forgot about it. And I mean, honestly, this is not a new thought, but like in ten years, I can't wait till Democrats are like. You know, I didn't I didn't agree with him, but at least President Trump like brought some dignity to the office, uh-huh. unlike President Kid Rock or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, All right. February 1st, we had the Myanmar coup. Do you, do you remember that? That was this year. Yeah, that was that was, that was crazy. I mean, that was some wild uh, 
Well, I mean, like highly, like it, it happened very quick and it was very brutal. Yeah. Uh, and then like news outlets just dropped it. Mm-hmm. Immediately. You'll, you will find that several times in, throughout this, th- this outline here. I was like, oh yeah, they just stopped talking about that, huh? Yeah. Yeah. But that was, I mean, that was the first one where it was like, oh, here's this huge like geopolitical event. Mm-hmm. No one really knows what's going on. Oh, well, it's probably fine now, maybe. Right. Yeah. Just, it just, it just fell off the thing. Uh, February 13th through 18th. There was a major winter storm, killed hundreds in the U.S. Oh, yeah. That yeah. Kinda, Texas. Well, yeah, yeah Texas. It kind of showed where U.S. power infrastructure was at. And I mean, mm-hmm. and it, the same kind of thing that's happened that just happened here in Colorado Springs. Like, right. And so, like, Colorado Springs, like, CSU, our, our utilities, Colorado Springs utilities, I'm. it's not necessarily, like... It's publicly it's, owned. Yeah, it's quote-unquote publicly owned, but that's, that's a misleading way of putting it. But Texas, like earlier this year, was oh, yeah. like that's entirely private, oh, right? Yeah. And, and so it was just they just straight up said like, yeah, no, we're just uh, giving power to the people who pay us more. Yeah, mm-hmm. like they just straight up said that. And then you just have like massive apartment complexes and homes with just like bursting pipes because they like have no heat and there's water ever like freezing water, like just people dying because no, like yeah, the photos and videos from that were just nuts. It was yeah. yeah. I think throughout this year, as well as like last year with the protests and stuff. I know I'm such a youth by saying this, but there's like like TikTok, like people were able to post things, and because it was trending within different algorithms, people got to see like the realities of what specific individuals were going through in like Texas, for example. Because I remember one video I came across, this man was like sitting in his bathroom and he turned on, he had like pretty much made a sauna in his bathroom. He was like, this is the only way I can stay warm. And he's like, and I know how much this is going to cost me. This is going to cost me like thousands of dollars, but I'm like literally going to oh, die God. if I don't. And then it's just like, like that, that's absolutely terrifying and absolutely upsetting that like these people are talking to almost like strangers through like TikTok and saying their experiences. And you just feel a sense of hope, like helplessness. To, <sighs> yeah, um, it's it sucks. That was back in February, but mm-hmm. uh, we have a few. We got some more coming. Uh, February 22nd, the U.S. becomes the first country in the world to have half a million deaths from COVID-19. USA. We're number USA. one. USA. Yikes. Yeah. Um, the, this is a year of uh, the U.S. breaking all kinds of records for COVID. You hate to see it. God. I don't have anything to say, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. March, biggest thing I had was March 23rd. There was a cargo boat that got stuck in the Suez Canal. Oh, yes. Comrade ever given. <laughs> and there was like, everyone was having so much fun for a couple days there. Like the memes yeah. and just, it was Well, great. I mean, just like watching economies collapse because the fucking Suez Canal is blocked. Well, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of just like, wow, this is incredible. I Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, you'd look at the the maps that show where all the boats are at any given time and there's just these clumps of these masses of boats mm-hmm. in line and this ties into something we'll talk about a little bit at the end where like that kind of was the the precursor of the supply chains um, yeah. like the problems with the supply chains and just the but yeah I think that was really for a lot I, I think that was really eye opening for a lot of people I mean mm-hmm. it, it kind of it was for me just in terms of a tangible example of how fragile our yes whole capitalist like just yeah. in time uh economy is it, yeah mm-hmm. wild stuff 
April 11th, Peru elects uh, Pedro Castillo, who was like an openly leftist guy. He's been kind of disappointing, but part of it is that like his, there have been a lot of sort of soft coup things where like mm-hmm. they wouldn't let him put any of his ministers in because they were too far left and all the stuff. But and and yeah, and so it's it's complicated. Like he's made a bunch of compromises that are that kind of suck, but also kind of a nightmare situation to be in where, you know, you're in Latin America and mm-hmm. uh, there's a long history of either just getting straight up assassinated or, you know, kicked out through political machinations of, like, America and the West, which could be what's happening here. Who even knows? Yeah. I mean, it's the kind of thing where it's like, yeah, I'm sure there's some fucking... U.S. intelligence shit. I didn't go back to like look through all the stuff that was posted at the time. I'm sure there's all kinds of nonsense. But it's also the kind of thing where like 40 years from now, some documents get declassified. And oh, it's yeah. Like, the CIA is like, yeah, we did that. And mm-hmm. people who were saying it the whole time are like, see, I told you. It's like, well, that sounds like a conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, it is it is also part of this like bigger wave of yeah. You know, I think people have been calling it like the pink wave mm-hmm. in, in Latin and South America of just like... Yeah, we're we're seeing like leftism, quote unquote, in some greater sense, uh, on the rise. You yeah, know? well, like uh, Honduras, they just elected a openly left prime minister or president. I don't remember exactly what she is, but yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I I think you are seeing a lot of that sort of. I don't know if left populism is the right term, but like in Latin America specifically, you do see a lot of mobilization mm-hmm. of the masses for left policies and against imperialism against continued exploitation um so mm-hmm. that's that's been cool to see for sure yeah so holding out hope for our boy juan guaido that he'll finally get recognized <laughs> <laughs> see him uh, see him uh his, his facetime with uh inez Cantor, freedom oh god no, i didn't oh, I, I choose not to watch <laughs> stuff like that no, but I, yeah, I, I just saw i just saw the screenshots i was like oh look at these losers um yeah, and then uh, April 13th, I forgot about this one, Japan voted to um, start dumping the irradiated Fukushima water into the Pacific. Right on. I forgot about that one, but uh, hopefully that's fine. Um, was this was it was this year or last year, or maybe even the year prior, that Japan had started talking about remilitarizing? Oh, Ooh, I yes. don't know. Because all, it all kind of fits together, right? Because like, it's not Abe anymore, is it? For not wanting to ever be called a weeb, I just stay as far away from Japanese it. politics as possible. Yeah, I'm just in proximity with weebs. <laughs> apparently, weeb adjacent. Weeb adjacent. So I hear, but like it's weeb adjacent where they're kind of aware of Japanese politics. Slightly political weebs. Slightly political. Enough to know the context of some of their shows, if you will. <laughs> Because, so. yeah, I, like the, the current guy, I think, is more like a right wing traditional conservative, you know, the, the, the Reagan type. Obviously, the ones that Democrats in our country would really love, you know, mm-hmm. you might not like him, but uh, Reagan was a good guy. Kind mm-hmm. of bullshit. I, I don't pay attention to Japanese politics. Sorry. I mean, maybe that's like bad of us, My as, bad. you know, communists. There's so many politics to, be, yeah. to keep track of. But that said, I mean, like, the, the talks of this have been happening since Shinzo Abe was prime minister, right? Oh, so yeah. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, between the, the idea of remilitarization, which is, like, a lot of the, like, I mean, as far as I'm, we make fun of weebs a whole bunch, like, a lot of, like, Japanese anime in recent years and, like, a lot of Japanese, you know, movies and television talk about these these issues of, like, a post-war Japan and, like, this understanding that there's a portion of people that want to remilitarize and, like, how fucking bad that idea is. And, like, 
And all of a sudden they're like pushing for it. I think they did vote for something where like the, the, the Japanese military is like re not just being like a, 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 a country de- self defense force is what the SDF is. Right. What they, it has been, but yeah, no, I, I, I you're right. I don't remember the specifics. But it's all it's in tandem with Western, uh, like saber rattling towards China, right? Like yeah. the South oh, China yeah. sea and trade routes and all these things and like Japanese airspace and Taiwanese airspace and all these things like, this all goes to say that like this stuff is happening and then Japan's just like, oh, by the way, radiation in the fucking ocean. It's like, what? How? how what? Well, yeah, and all the everyone else, the group of Asian states or whatever, they had like a vote on it and all of them were like, no, please don't do that. That's bad. And Japan was like, I can't read suddenly. So uh, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and uh, do that. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that sucks. May 11th, Israel began bombing Gaza after mm-hmm. several weeks of placing Palestinians in, I mean, all over the place, but specifically the one that got the, in the news was in the East Jerusalem neighborhood of Sheikh Jarrah. Um, mm-hmm. And that started a kind of several week long bombing campaign. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting. This was the first, I, well, so in the, it included like on the 15th, Israel blew up a skyscraper um, containing offices of the Associated Press, Al Jazeera, mm-hmm. the BBC, like all these news organizations. And so many of them were like, that's fine, actually. Because Israel was like, uh, Hamas had offices in there. And so many of these Western news organizations were like, yeah, okay, that's fine. <laughs> I, that's fine that you blow up our offices. Um, but no, like this specific round of Israeli bombing and like it, it felt different. Mm-hmm. Like so, it felt the online response mm-hmm. I saw so many more people being like, this is fucked. Yeah. Like, this is fucked. Israel's whole thing with Palestine is fucked. I don't know what caused that, but it just felt so different this year. Well, okay, this is my theory, is because of, and I'm not trying to center the United States, but I kind of have to at this point, which, like, mm-hmm. with this, like, public opinion being kind of heightened positively, I think it's because of last year's protests And because of that being like a huge momentum built, I feel like now people are trying to find ways to keep, they're starting to connect the dots almost. And I feel like there is a connection, obviously, between black liberation in the United States and also Palestinian liberation within Israel. And I think people are starting to see that correlate. And I think it's a really good thing because even... With spaces like TikTok and Instagram and Twitter, even though we have issues of identity politics, I think people, by mentioning their stories and why there's a huge diaspora of Palestinian Americans right now, they are able to share their stories through TikTok and explain, like, this is what happened. Actually, this is where my family is originally from and kind of humanize these things rather than it's kind of left in the air within news. So again, I'm not saying like TikTok isn't also a cesspool, but also it kind of, <laughs> it has it's on led. on the internet, of course it is. Yeah, but yeah. it has led to like a more so positive reactions because of its algorithm. Because people, once you see one Palestinian creator post something, then all of a sudden you have multiple videos following it. So that's just one of the instances, I, have, I think. I have no comment on the TikTok thing. But, okay. But I mean, I do think you're onto something, though, where there were kind of these... And I mean, it kind of ties in with what we were talking about before, where, like, a lot of people got kind of, not necessarily radicalized, but, mm-hmm. like, 
activated. Yeah. Like people started realizing like, oh yeah, like things are going on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was about to say synergy, but I was like, that's disgusting. Mm-hmm. I hate that. Synergized. Um, but like, yeah. The like, Democrats have sent me to destroy <laughs> your storefronts and liberate black people. Mm, yes. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Um, <laughs> No, but I like I, I think it, there were a lot of people this year who were paying attention to things in a way that they weren't last year, for better and for worse, um, mm-hmm. depending on the situation. Well, I, I think that, like, we probably talked about this sometime last year. And if we didn't, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, like, I think it that the early stages, like the early couple months of COVID locking down the whole world was like this great equalizer where all of a sudden like mm. Americans for as much as there are enough of us that have like started to understand these things. And, you know, we've, we've been communists for years now and we've, we've been organizing things like that, but like Americans as a whole need the great equalizer. It's, it's that hegemonic idea that's been in, ingrained in us since birth that like this is the number one nation on the earth and it's you know we are the great keepers of peace and the things that we do are benevolent regardless of how they operate and all of a sudden like the world hits this level playing field and when that happens like we see countries like China and Vietnam and Laos and Cuba and like all these socialist nations doing really well and we see the west kind of flounder and all of a sudden it, it, it shifts this perspective in, in a western viewpoint where it's like why are we doing so poorly and i i don't know if there were enough americans that really saw how well those countries did to understand that but like i do think that among people who would have considered themselves somewhat left in any sense prior to that it did help shift more of the focus towards what is it that i've misunderstood about america as its role exists in global politics in the last 100 150 years And how do I reframe that? And I think that's part of why we see this time more than any other time with conflict in in Palestine that like there's a reception to it. I think that it helps open up like, again, Americans for worse, obviously, (laughs) um, are hilariously blind to the world at large if it has nothing to do with like what it is that our interests are. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's even people that I like and call friends. You know, it's Mm -hmm. just like it's very like. Oh, Taylor's just that communist. It's always angry about stuff and he hates America. And it's like, well, yeah, fuck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like if you think about it the way that like it should be thought about, or if you look at it historically and materially, like you should. And I think people are finally starting to look at it historically and materially. I think that we are the, the idealism of America is breaking down every month that this pandemic goes on. Every time something bad happens. Mm-hmm. That's not perfect. I mean, it's like it's like a roller coaster. Obviously, like with with Biden getting elected, it kind of like was back into that idealism phase. But mm-hmm. um, it ended. I think that kind of idealism and quote unquote left patriotism. And I'm not even talking about like the socialist patriot, quote unquote socialist patriotism thing. I'm talking about like the people who are who like are sympathetic to liberation movements and like left ideas, but still identify with the system mm-hmm. of like U.S. politics. They seem to be burning through that more quickly, I guess. Like, yeah, the boom-bust cycle of the tendency of the rate of approval of America to Mm -hmm. fall, basically. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, in that sense, it's like the the amount of people that will believe in and you know, propagate the, the like bullshit that is like, Oh, well, like Israel's not perfect, but it's the only place in the Middle East where like there's LGBTQ rights. Like, shit like that doesn't fly anymore. And and people are just like, 
this isn't, this isn't the way that this issue should be talked about. Like, obviously that's a part of this greater issue of liberation as a whole, Mm -hmm. but that's, that's fucking like a complete (laughs) distraction to the fact that like, this is apartheid and this is right. Like wholesale murder. And, and I think that the progressiveness of like a liberal notion of something like that is starting to hold less weight than like, this is just fucking horrendous and we have to stop it. You know, like that's, yeah, I think we're, we're, we're getting to that point where enough people are kind of seeing that. I hope so. At least, you know, we, we, we saw a better reception to it, but. Well, and going back to what you were saying a second ago, I think that with the, the two responses to like the pandemic and we'll talk about, we'll talk more about the pandemic at the end because it's happened all year. It wasn't just uh, Mm -hmm. one month, but like the responses to the pandemic, like, like seeing how America has responded to the pandemic and seeing how well, uh, non-capitalist countries are doing it. If you're actually looking at that, it has to inspire one of two things. You're you're either going to be like, oh wow, America fucking sucks. This whole this model sucks. Or eh, the pandemic's mostly over. Like I mm-hmm. I no one I know has died. Yeah, we're fine. Like whatever. I think it's one of one or the other. Like I have not seen really a uh, third way. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I think I hope that I don't know. The American machine is just like so monstrous and brutal that like mm-hmm. more more public outcries against the Israeli apartheid uh, in Palestine, the occupation of Palestine and the apartheid within it. You know, I hope that that I hope that people's outrage helps change that. But you know, America is a fucking beast. It's <laughs> it's the uh, it's tough to fight. It's tough to mm-hmm. I don't know. Keep keep being mad. Yeah. <laughs> all my all my liberal friends who don't listen to this podcast, keep being mad, please. Well, I think you brought up a really good point about like Americans don't care about what's happening outside of itself. And I think with okay, I I have a point here, so I'm gonna try to trail it here. But I'll follow I, you. So like I think some parts of cancel culture are okay because what has happened is if someone doesn't know enough about a topic or an interest or whatever, they will get, you'll get shitted on wherever it might be, either on social media and your social uh, circles or whatever. You have to have some level of education to speak and fucking white Americans love to speak. (laughs) No investigation, no right to speak. speak. Yeah. So (laughs) it's just like, I think there is something to be said about like right now people want to learn what's happening because you fucking like you literally have to go into conversations and know your stuff before you can't. And that was happening to communists, as we all know, in the previous years, like fucking you had to know shit in order to like defend your ideologies. But like it's now having more effect on other people. So I think Palestine is also leading towards that where you got to know your shit. You can't just say right. it's anti-Semitic to call out Israel. It's both sides. Yeah, it's both sides. Like, you, you have to, or like what you were saying with, like, it's the only Middle Eastern country that has LGBTQ rights. Like, you got to fucking, now you, like, you can't say these shit. Like, if you're going to say that to a circle, you're going to be shit on or you're going to be Man. called out. So I think sometimes cancel culture is good. Um, I think I've made that statement a couple of times. Well, uh, yeah. And I, I, you know, as much as we can joke about it, I think that, Cancel culture done the right way is exactly what Mao said. Like, if you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Like, Mm -hmm. nobody cares. Yeah. 
I'm sure other things happened in June, but the only one I wrote down was I, one that I didn't know I didn't know happened. It was June 17th. The People's Republic of China sends three Taiko knots up to Tiangong, the country's first long-term space station. <laughs> did you know? Did you know about that? I don't. I, I mean, think I, I, think I maybe. I think I maybe saw it. You know, it was one of those things where it's just like I read it and I'm like, yeah, cool. Yeah, <laughs> you know, was, like, yeah. a little okay, fist yeah, bump. Yeah, I missed it. So I don't know. Um, a big one I didn't miss was July 7th. Jovenal Moise, or Jovenal Moise, I apologize, I don't know how to say. He was the uh, prime minister of Haiti. He got fucking killed. Yeah. Like, he just got straight up assassinated. Yeah. Um, and so that was wild, because that hasn't happened in a while. Like, mm-hmm. a sitting leader of a country just straight up getting murked. Um, yeah. There were a few things that were interesting about that. Um, like, over the week or so afterwards, like, you started getting more and more information trickling out about what well, like they were mercenaries from the Dominican Republic, but mm-hmm. like they worked for some private security company that was like based mm-hmm. in the US, I think, and they had been trained there was like all this weird stuff and nobody definitively was like, yeah, this is who did it. And then the story went away. Yep. Well, I mean, like uh, American wise, we know Blackwater, obviously, like like <laughs> private security firms that like have gone around the world with like mercenaries and just fucking killed people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, like it, it reminds me of, of reading the book Keeny Meeny for and like, oh, yeah. Reading about the establishment of these these PMCs to essentially just like do extrajudicial work with weapons in other countries, like from the West. Right, like on behalf of right. Western I mean, like, like yeah. again, if there is a an assassination somewhere in the world that is not white, it, the fucking U.S. probably has done it, or some or, U.S. money, you know, changed hands to make that happen. Britain or France or somebody, you know, like, mm-hmm. and then yeah, it just disappears. Like, I, insane that somebody can just be like a world leader can be assassinated and it just goes away. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's because earlier in the year there had been all of these, um, there were stories about all these protests in Haiti. Like, uh, people were protesting this guy's policies. Because, like, this guy sucked. He was a capitalist puppet, uh, Mm -hmm. basically. And then they still killed him. So, like, and just based on the news, like, I don't know what's happening in Haiti right now. No one, they stopped talking about it. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. like, they could be doing anything in Haiti right now. I mean... I could Google it, I guess. But the fact is, like, it that was making headlines, and now nothing. I know there was a bunch of unrest after, before, obviously before he died with the protests, but then afterwards, oh, yeah. there's unrest. And then, because with everything else, with Palestine, with, uh, with um, what else, uh, with Peru and stuff like, and Cuba... You have to educate about these countries' oh, history before you yeah. can even say what's happening is wrong. So people are like, Haiti is probably one of, okay, this is a huge take, but this is kind of my thought process too, is Haiti is such an important country within Latin America because it set a precedence for black liberation throughout. Oh, yeah. And it kind of did the middle finger to all of Western countries. And because of that, it has punished them for almost like forever because of their right to gain freedom so it's just i think with what was happening then is kind of a connection to obviously this history of just like haitian people are trying to gain back this control over their land and the labor that they produce but it just doesn't ends up like going to like nowhere i think i think you're totally right about the punishment thing like yeah haiti was the first 
colony to rise up and fight for their independence. And the West has never forgiven them for it. Mm -hmm. This may have been a tweet. I don't, I don't remember where I saw it, but someone said that like, just looking at Haitian history, you can kind of like all politics is there. Mm -hmm. You can find lessons about just about any political idea in Haiti's history, yes. which is, which is wild. And yeah, it's, we will not fucking leave them alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. August, the biggest things happened at the end. Probably the worst thing on August 30th was China banned video games. Um, <laughs> Good. No, and... Uh, based. <laughs> so based. <laughs> no, so they didn't actually ban video games. Don't worry, gamers. Uh, no gamer gulags yet. Um, yes. <laughs> worry. No, they... I mean, so it literally got... Like, I saw so many headlines where it was like, China bans video games. And then the first paragraph, it's like, they didn't actually ban video games, but it's still troubling. Um, and so what they did was they set limits for people under 18, like kids playing online games. Yeah, uh, online games. Like, remember that. Right, online games online. Uh, for longer than, like, playing them on during weekdays. Yeah, it was, like, between, like, I think actually it was just, like, a limit for the week or something. It was, yeah. like, you can only play, like, three or four hours of video games, online, online games. video games, a week. And then everyone lost their fucking minds. Well, dude, I mean, like, it, that's, like, again, American escapism. Like, gamer culture has become so fucking big. Like, Twitch as an entity and, like, the way that, like, or the West, I guess, not just American, but the West, like... Gaming is fucking huge. And yeah, you know, if I can't play my games, like what freedoms do I have? Really? Right. Gamers will take that. Like it's again, it's anytime somebody in the West can pinpoint something that they would be upset about if it happened to them somewhere else <laughs> mm -hmm. is the only fucking time they ever give a shit about it elsewhere. Yeah. Well, and then there's and then there's this other element of it where probably you ask a lot of people, it's like, do you think kids are like playing too many games or like doing all this other stuff? People probably be like, yeah, probably. And then China's like all right, well, we're going to actually do something about it. And I was like, whoa, whoa. All right, you can't be doing, you can't be passing laws to, like, regulate social behavior. You can't be doing things to alleviate social ills. That's mm -hmm. not allowed. And so many things about China are, like, the way that they're reported mm -hmm. are like that, where it's like, this terrible thing is happening. Okay, well, not literally, but imagine if they were. <laughs> It'd be really bad. Didn't they... I don't remember, but it was something about China and they were banning certain drugs or they were anti-drug or whatever. Like there was something about that. I forgot. There's a there's like a Canadian guy or some I think it's a it's somebody from the West. Like I think he's Canadian mm -hmm. uh, who's got a he's like on death row in China because he was like smuggling a bunch of meth yep. and stuff into the country. Mm -hmm. I just thought he could get away with it. And like he, we can have an entirely different conversation about the like ethics of the death penalty. But, but I, 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 like, as far as I can tell, it seems mostly just for show. Like China's not going to kill this guy. It's just like, Hey man, you're bringing drugs that are really fucking bad into the country. Yeah. You're going to get punished for it. Well, and you also have to look at China's history with people bringing in drugs. Well, like yeah. you have to understand yeah. like where they, these policies don't just like pop up out of nowhere. Like yeah. Western countries, like Westerners were bringing in drugs and like basically controlling huge swaths of the Chinese population for hundreds of years yeah. using drugs. So like it's perhaps understandable that they may that the Chinese government might be like, yeah, no, fuck that. Like we don't want to. Mm -hmm. We're yeah. not fucking we're not we're not playing around with this. So mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Same day, August 30th. The U.S. withdraws the last official troops from Afghanistan, which is 
Another thing that uh, you probably haven't heard about in the news recently. Yeah. <laughs> it's all anyone talked about for a week, for a month. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. I haven't really heard much about Afghanistan. Well, again, Hope like as okay. soon as America has cleaned its hands, like who fucking cares? Mm-hmm. In America, you know, it's, right. it's, it's that idea of just like, ah, well. We're not there anymore, you know, for a month, like conservatives are going to be like, oh, fucking Biden just fucked us. Like we're, we were weak. Soldiers died. Like, yeah, and it's just we're like, going to set out my 30 beer, 13 beers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that had started yet, but no, but and all the all the like publications just being like, what did we really do for 20 years in Afghanistan? Like all these articles where it's just like, what was it that we were there for? Well, and it's so, and, and and it's just why how so many of the same publications like at the time were like we have to go in to Afghanistan. It's so important. This is a national mission. And then yeah, these same publications twenty years later, like yeah, that was that was that was a thing, huh? <laughs> yeah, what uh, what, what do we do there? It's um, like uh, the end of a uh, burn after reading. Jesus fucking Christ! Yeah. What did we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't fucking know either. I guess we learned not to do it again. Yes, sir. I'm fucked if I know what we did. Yes, sir. It's uh, hard to say. Jesus fucking Christ. No, and I mean, like, and it's not even that all U.S. troops are gone. Like, I'm sure there's all kinds of mercenaries and... Of course. And all of that still there, but I don't, I don't know. It's There's so many... I have so many... I still haven't really settled on what I think happened there. Mm-hmm. Was it just like, this shit's really expensive and we're not really getting anything? Uh, or was it like, okay, well, we need to pivot to focus people's attention on something else? Or Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they, they've already been doing that. I think I think the, the distinct focus is West Asia and, and you know, uh, Islamic terrorism is on this decline and now we have to focus on China, which is why, like, the past year and a half, even prior to Biden getting elected, like, I mean, it's been going on for much longer than that, but it's been ramped up so heavily where, again, these articles that are just benign, like, it could be on fucking, like, mm-hmm. uh, Destructoid or Kotaku about <laughs> the chive, about you know, the chive, about, like, them banning <laughs> video games, right? It's trying to get some right. dickhead sitting alone in his fucking apartment. Mad about China. Yeah. Mad about China. Like, oh, I like video games. Why would China do that? Now I gotta be mad. And then, like, mm-hmm. he'll Google that and then all of a sudden he'll find out all these articles about uh false information about Xinjiang and like you you'll see the it's like there's a through line like I think that they just finally realized like there is certainly there probably was still money to be made in Afghanistan absolutely well yeah but it it just it's one of those things where it's like how do we how do we divert Americans attentions Mm -hmm. to allow that money to be made in the same way without us being occupied like having to occupy this space like Mm. Halliburton, Raytheon, you know, uh, they're all going to continue making weapons. Now it's just with this threat of China looming over us. And we're not obviously going to occupy China. It's just going to be there. Oh, so it's gonna, easier. We've got to fight them when they invade Taiwan. I mean, it's and that's another thing is it's wild how the narrative for so long. It was like, oh, Xinjiang, Uyghur genocide, Uyghur genocide. Mm. Uh, then it was or oh. like right before that it was like Hong Kong for a little while. And yes. it's like, oh, Uyghur genocide. Now they moved on to Taiwan, and it's like yeah. well, you don't talk even about even the, Western publications like were were starting to kind of like realize that there 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 was nothing about Xinjiang that was well, like yeah, and well then there were a couple that even posted sort of sheepish like yeah, so it wasn't uh, 
wasn't quite as bad as we said it was. Still not good. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, that doesn't, they don't put that on, they don't put that on the front page of the website. No. Like, you got to dig for that shit. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think that's, you know, there's and there's a whole can of worms that goes into the Afghanistan occupation. But, oh, yeah. But yeah, it was I like mean, in and out. I mean, it was yeah. just so quick. And, and again, like, it's so funny that American politics examines a, a historical event like that. Uh, well, I mean, what will become a historical event? Like, when does history start? You know, what do we, what do we consider history? But We're even now, right now, <laughs> American conservatives and liberals will just be like, They'll play this blame game of of these two parties, and you know conservatives will be like, "Oh, like Biden got our troops killed, and like we look weak now." And then like liberals will rightfully point out that like that was already scheduled prior to Biden Biden getting elected, right? Like mm-hmm. they had already planned a, a withdrawal of troops, so it's like. It's, but then you also had liberals being like, "Yeah, I agree. Like this was like we should have pulled out, but not like slower." Right, like it, right. It, it, it's it's yeah. there. There is no concrete no, no. ideology behind any of it. There is, I mean, besides profit, right? Mm-hmm. But like your average American liberal or conservative won't, won't say it's profit. They'll no, be like, no. oh, it's about patriotism and and, so and got to project our strength in the yeah around the world. Yeah. Uh, here's a good story. Uh, October sixth, the WHO endorses a the first malaria vaccine. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That was pretty cool. Hopefully. The anti-vaxxers don't get onto that one too, like because I don't know. Does this one have uh, autism in it? And like, God, like well, the. I was looking for a 3.0 after my <laughs> COVID one, so we'll see. Yeah, um, and like unironically, the malaria vaccine—that's that's an amazing, that's an amazing yeah. accomplishment. Yeah, um, that's huge because mm-hmm. malaria is. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the annual death toll is, but it's got to be one of the worst. Oh yeah, in, yeah. on the planet. Um, another good story. I mean, I, I, other a lot of other things happened here, but I'm going to save some time for like the big overarching events. Yeah. November 29th, the Indian government repealed these farm mm-hmm. bills after over a year of hundreds of thousands of people protesting. Mm-hmm. So it was so basically the government of India in 2020 passed these bills that I don't know the exact specifics of it, but it uh, had to do with the way that farmers were reimbursed for their mm-hmm. crops or I think it was the like the Indian state setting a price that it was something like and the farmers were like, fuck this, this sucks. Mm-hmm. And there were some of the largest protests uh, of all time for over a year. And then finally, on November 29th, they said, OK, Jesus Christ, we're going to mm-hmm. repeal these. Please, yeah. please stop. So that's a big W for the Indian farmers and just like. The and Indian working class for as long as that went on, like there was no American That's media coverage crazy of it. Crazy thing. Even even this event, like mm-hmm. I I only saw it because you know I follow like left left streams news. of like yeah. He you heard about it on NPR? Yeah, yeah. Oh. No, it was I'm you, a true leftist. No, you read about it in Jacobin. <laughs> <laughs> um, current affairs. Oh, already fired all his uh, yeah. employees for unionizing. Yeah, Nathan Robinson, Nathan Robinson, yeah. the fucking fake, <laughs> fake accent motherfucker. Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> but that's another thing. It's like it's an enormous, enormous story oh, for over a year, huge. and you only hear you don't like it. Just you'd only hear like, about it. I think, from, I think to this day, like the largest general strike yeah, like in I history. So. Yeah, like, I believe just, so. I believe so. And there's just no talk about it. Mm-hmm. It was successful. Too. Yeah. So I don't know. Events have happened in December, but events keep happening. History yeah. keeps occurring. Oh, uh, well, I mean, for November, the, um, I don't even really know how to even broach the subject of the first Korean American Muppet in <laughs> Sesame Street because 
I think more than anything, it's just kind of like one of those absurd situations where like the shit that conservatives were posting oh, and losing God. their mind about for just like a more representation in, in the Muppets. Like, bef- up until now, Ernie was a Caucasian man, and now we have to think about race when we're watching Sesame Street. <laughs> Little do they know his name was Ernesto. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Uh, no, uh, Bert and Ernie, Afro Latina, <laughs> Afro Latina like gay couple, really, really iconic. Um, uh, no, but uh, yeah, I mean that's the the fucking culture war. I can't stand. No, honestly, like this this so this year much. has gone so far beyond the pale with the shit that people are like mm-hmm. talking about and getting upset about. Because, like, because well, it started with Big Bird getting the vax, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Big Bird the Communist, like all the just insane <laughs> shit that comes out of that. Like it Like if how, how, Imagine thinking that. Just imagine well, thinking that. Also, like how how can you be like a conservative? It, Sesame Street's been on the air for what, like fifty years now? <laughs> yeah, yes. And like literally. the whole fucking thing is like it's a show for children about like how about you share and like be nice to people? Like did you not get the point when you were uh, obviously they didn't get the point when they were a child, but it's just like how do you like well, but, but the fact that like they're also bringing up like, oh well, now there's race in Sesame Street. Like, at the very beginning, fucking Sesame Street, like, one of the whole, like, one of the big things why they wanted to defund it back in the 70s was because it had, Mm -hmm. like, black kids. And, yeah, it had, like, kids of color. And it was set in an urban environment. Mm -hmm. And they just talked about that like that was a normal thing. And then, and back in the time, conservatives were like, what the fuck? Like, where are my nice white uh, suburban Muppets? Like, (laughs) like puppets. Yeah. And so, yeah. So just thank you for bringing that up. That was very important. uh, Yes. yeah. No, and yeah, and then like all these conservatives just yeah, fucking losing their minds. I I mean, I know it's going to get worse, but I can't imagine how much worse the culture war is going to get. Like how much more petty can it get? Mm. I don't know. I mean, like we're, we're on like what year 20 of the war on Christmas or whatever. Like when did Christmas that really is start? Winning. Like that's the problem. <laughs> just, like, no, but yeah, but I mean the war on Christmas has been it's longer than Afghanistan, longer than Vietnam at this point. Mm-hmm. Um Not as long as the war on drugs. Which I mean, thankfully, drugs is winning. But yeah, I, mean, I am. I, I am a combi- I am a veteran of the war on drugs <laughs> for the side of drugs. Um, <laughs> I mean, I know that the you know we had the critical race theory oh. this I, year. Yeah, I mean, just, I guess that's an overarching thing. I mean, do, we, yeah. do we want to hit December first before we really well, dive sure, into well, the big ones? Yeah. I mean, December. So the big What's one happened? is just like the the fucking climate the, disasters well, yeah. in, in the U.S. And yeah, I mean, in abroad the US, is for yeah. Well, no, but, December's been bad for that. I mean, yeah, you had those massive series of tornadoes all across. Mm, oh. um, yeah, and like that's, Kentucky that's pretty and, huge because like the amount of people who died in those is is just like staggering, and then the amount of people who died in those. That were workers. Yeah. That like, were explicitly like murdered like, by Amazon or murdered by their by management. Right, like right. people who very well could still be here today. But well, like and, and like the the apps the. It's just horrifying. Like, it, like the, the, the text exchange between the Amazon worker and his partner where he's just like, they're not letting us leave. And she just like texts him back to nothing because he's dead. And disgusting. Absolutely. Nobody's going to be held responsible. Like nobody. Well, in that state, like that was in Kentucky, I think. Mm -hmm. I just heard about this from uh, Work Stoppage. Shout out. There was a bill that was in the Kentucky State House that they were that was presented that would allow workers to like not get fired if there was a fucking natural disaster and they went home. And Amazon lobbied and killed it. And now people have died at Amazon and these other places. And it's, yeah, and no one's gonna, no one's gonna do anything. Mm-hmm. No one's gonna do a single thing from in the government. No one's gonna, 
No one's going to fix the problem. No, like those those lives are on. I mean, not just Jeff Bezos, but everybody in some kind of position of power at yeah, Amazon. Like just the whole machine need to be held responsible. Mm-hmm. They need to be put on trial for murder. I mean, that's exactly what it fucking no, it's is. Like ne- it is. It's murder. literally negligent homicide. Mm-hmm. Literally. Uh, that I, it, I mean, it's hard to even know what to say. You know, it's yeah. like, I don't, it's hard to even know how to respond to that. I mean, sort it's, of thing. It's, just, it's just like the people who control the electric grid in Texas earlier this year should be responsible for the deaths. There. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. There, there is, they're not deaths because of natural disaster. They're mm-hmm. deaths because people in positions of power did not do what was expected of them to save people in positions where natural disasters were occurring. Like, right. Well, yeah. And I mean, even setting aside that like these natural disasters are happening at more higher frequency and in greater intensity because of anthropogenic climate change, like because of capitalism, capitalist policies, mm-hmm. capitalist development, even setting that aside and saying, okay, yeah, it's just an act of God, whatever. Like, literally, they don't view these workers as mm-hmm. human beings. Like, literally, they're just profit machines. It's like a, a piston in your car. You don't think, like, it's like, oh, break, I got to go and get it replaced because I got to, like, the car has to operate. The money machine has to operate. Like, these people died. Well, we got to hire some more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's been December so far. Uh, oh, wait, no, there's the... Did something else happen in December? Well, no, just like the, oh, the, the overarching conversation concerning the overturning of uh, Roe versus Wade. I guess that's like late November into December. Yeah, that, yeah, I mean, this most recent one, because there was the thing in, like, Texas, they passed a bill right. a couple months ago that was like, where they, you know deputize citizens to like rat out yeah yeah narc on other citizens who have an abortion and they made to the supreme court i think i don't remember what happened to it but they're as of like last week they were in oral arguments for this this just insane mississippi bill that bans abortion after six weeks Mm -hmm. um which is again just insane um and that one was in oral arguments at the supreme court but it's not looking good no. The Democrats are fundraising off of it already, though. Well, yeah, of course. That's all they're emails. going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As, as communists, we're going to get, get yelled at because we, we don't yeah. vote the, the harm reduction line. And Who's this the is, president right now? Yeah, well. What? Like, yeah. that's the thing is, they're... <sighs> well, and this, this they all, want to lose. They want Roe no, v. Wade want to get... To they, want, they, they want Roe v. Wade to get overturned so they can be like, oh, you got to fight so we can... You got to vote for us so that we can in 40 years when these like ghouls that are on the Supreme Court die, we mm-hmm. can replace them with with liberal justices who will bring back the modicum of abortion. Right. Yeah. It's, well, but then it, it like, brings up it brings up this like this this longstanding conversation again. where like we I already said it tonight. Like the Democrats want to lose because they want to have a bad guy to point the finger at so that they can always be the quote unquote good guy. Right. I mean, back in like Obama's first term. When the the Democrats controlled the House and the Senate and he was president, like even Obama was like, hey, RBG, like you should probably retire so I can appoint somebody. And she fucking didn't. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, so here's the thing is like if we're going to wait another eight years and you're going to get mad at me because I fucking decide not to vote for your fucking candidate who's not much different than that fucking candidate mm-hmm. and tell me that I'm I'm voting against harm reduction or I'm a bad person or, or you know I don't get to complain or whatever like you don't understand that you're the party that you're telling me to vote for actively works against your interests like mm-hmm. how fucking far back do we have to go who's yeah and like whose harm is being reduced 
Right. Biden. I think right. I think he's on track to deport more people than Trump. And, and like, he is he is pushing. An even worse agenda as far as uh, military spending Absolutely. and doing doing nothing to stop climate change. Like that's directly harmful to fucking everybody. Yeah, no. I, oh, Biden has already in his f- only his one, first year approved more pipelines and uh, like mm-hmm. yeah, gas and oil pipelines than Trump did his entire fucking yeah. uh, thing. While being like he literally gets home from this fucking climate summit in. Sweden or wherever the fuck that was. He literally gets home. Scotland. Was it in Scotland? Pretty sure it was really? in Scotland. Yeah. Oh, fuck. The, the, Shows the how much climate I climate summit. I'm pretty yeah. sure it was in Scotland. Cause like, yeah, they he do rolled, them every year. He rolled up with like 80 cars, <laughs> like a, a, a huge thing of 80 cars to go to the climate well, summit. And then I love yeah. that. Like, yeah, Xi Jinping was like, can I just zoom in? And they were like, no, you got to be here. And then, and then they're Biden like, was fuck, just no, sleeping through go. the whole thing well, anyway. Right, exactly. But that's the thing. Like, I didn't know where it was happening because they do these every year and nothing happens. Yeah. They get mad at China for uh, having more emissions despite having like three times as many people as yeah, and it's like, yeah, but anyway, he gets, he gets home, home from that. that. Yeah, yeah, he rolls, like, he goes over there in his aircraft carrier, like, being towed by F-35s mm-hmm. with, like, chains on them <laughs> across the ocean. <laughs> and, like, and then, yeah, he goes to this fucking thing, falls asleep, it's like, sleeps during the whole thing, gets home, signed, like, approved, like, literally the same day approves all these, like, pipeline contracts. What was the point? Just, I just, I, I want them to just stop pretending to care it would feel so much better if they mm-hmm. were just like hey fuck you i'm gonna live in a dome on the moon like <laughs> yeah, yeah. it would be much better if they're like we're just gonna we're gonna have a space station right like and you guys are gonna drown here see ya that that would be that, at least that would at least they're honest at mm-hmm. least they would be honest if they did that yeah. yeah i hate this like climate is so important i don't what's i i'm trying to joe biden doesn't have like a good like voice to make fun of i hate it hey He's Corn like, pop. He's like, now listen here, Jack. Uh, the, <laughs> I, yeah, I can't do it. Climate, this climate change. Like back when I was a boy, my my dad, he was driving these cars. The climate would change when he uh, rolled down the sunroof on the convertible. Like, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of mind blowing. I mean, like we talked. I and again, I I think people forget about like how much of American media from 2000 to 2008 was dedicated to how dumb George Bush was. Mm-hmm. And like we have a president who sounds just as fucking just just dumb and nobody gives a shit. There's there's no and like that's not to say that like the the media or like comedy outlets or whatever should like make fun of somebody like that for those reasons. But it's just like we spent so long doing it for eight years and like all the fucking like SNL skits about fucking Trump for four years. Like now SNL is just like. And not that SNL is a paragon of anything besides <laughs> just being completely fucking awful, but like it's this cultural thing that people will talk about. And it's just like, okay, but where are the fucking skits making fun of how dumb this asshole is? Like, and then how nothing's getting done. And like, it's just like they, they'll still choose to like make fun of fucking other conservative politicians, but the Democrats are untouchable. There is no well, way no, that you have, can reasonably uh, they'll criticize have someone playing Hillary Clinton singing, uh, fucking playing the piano, singing Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen. Watched an episode of SNL since like I, I watched it a few times in high school, but I haven't since then. And it's like everything I know about SNL since then has been against my will. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's all like a, a bombardment of media. It's like, yeah, like it's you're just supposed like, to like this. Yeah, like every, every. Sunday or Monday when I'm on Twitter and I see I mean like that's my bad for being on Twitter but like and I see the clips from SNL it's like 
plus 10 psychic damage. It's like, <laughs> boom. Oh, terrible. I just have never seen something so unfunny. Did you see the, um, all the conservatives getting mad at the Salvation Army because they had a thing for a guide for their donors that was like, you know, sometimes white people have been racist and like, it's good to sometimes look at uh, oh, the race, like the racist things we've done so that we don't like continue to do this harm. And then all these conservatives were like, wow, I am canceling my donation. It's like, we just need to tell them like, hey, they still hate gay people. Don't worry. Um, yeah. So then maybe it balances out for them. But no, they were just, I saw these people losing their minds over the Salvation Army. But then like, it was, it was this article. And then, but in the comments, people were, some people were like, why are you giving the Salvation Army at all? Like, mm-hmm. they're just giving money to lazy people. They just give out handouts. And it's like, you're just like opposed to even the concept of charity. charity. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, and these same people, yeah, God, yeah. Mind-blowing. Cool. All right, kind of some overall things just that kind of happened all year. I think the big one, we got mentioned a few times, is um, COVID-19. Yeah. COVID-21. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, Woo. I saw... Oh, we didn't even talk about the Olympics. Uh, who cares? Well, it's it's. I mean, I guess uh, talking about it in context of COVID nineteen is is more yeah, of an interesting I, thing. Yeah, I, I was that's I was planning on bringing it up. Yeah, slight, like mentioning it there, but yeah. Um, post pandemic year, which was nice. No, I mean like yeah, all the vaccines rolled out. Um, I got my I got my shot. Uh, I got several of them. I've been shot. I've been boosted. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good way to talk about. Um, there's a couple a couple issues with um. U.S. COVID policy. Uh, uh, there's a few. The so we had the so we had the vaccine rollout, um, and then we had the vaccine rollout or the backlash to the vaccine rollout mm-hmm. very quickly. I don't. I'm trying to think. Like, was there a point? Was there any point where the conservatives were like, "Yeah, let's get the." Yeah, that's what I was literally thinking about because people were like, "Oh, we're getting the vaccine. There's some hope," and I'm like, "But there's been a huge anti-vax movement." In the United States for a while. So I was confused as to, like, do people not understand a lot of groups are not going to want to get this vaccine? Like, it just, like, I was so confused when people were so hopeful. I mean, obviously, it's very, like, having a vaccine is very good. But, like, at the same time, it was going to always be an issue, right? Like, Uh, yeah, I think, well, and it's wild because, like, yeah, it was Trump's administration. They were the ones who gave all the money to these pharmaceutical companies Mm. or whatever to release Mm -hmm. this thing. But it's like... It's Trump's vaccine. I mean, so I remember back before Biden was elected, people would be like, I don't know if I'm going to take a Trump vaccine. That seems like liberals would be like, I don't know if I feel comfortable taking a Trump vaccine. Um, Mm -hmm. Who knows what's in that? And then the vaccine gets released while Biden's president. And it's like, put it in me, Mm -hmm. fill me up. But yeah, vaccine backlash. um, Yeah, I don't think that's ever going away. Um, No. I, uh, Which sucks. Yeah. So the U.S. like in a lot of in most countries like the U.S. released the vaccine, mm-hmm. and very quickly that's the only th- mitigation method the U.S. government gave a shit about. Mm-hmm. I mean, fuck! How quickly was it after the vaccines rolled out that the CDC was like, "You don't have to wear masks yeah. if you're yeah. vaccinated." I was like, "Oh no!" And a couple months later, they were like. Yeah, you should probably uh, keep wearing the masks. But it's like, that's too late, man. Everyone already took them off. Yeah. Yeah. They still refuse to do anything except Mm -hmm. vaccines. No, no, like, mask mandates at any state level, state, federal level. No mass testing program. They just, they just released their, the Biden administration just released their thing about, like, oh, yeah, uh, we got our our testing thing. We're going to increase 
access to tests. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. gonna we're gonna focus the tests on the areas that need them most. Well, and there like, was what is that? That's there everywhere. Was a, there was a journalist that was asking yeah. the. Oh, the God. There was like. Well, can you just like send tests to people? No, she said that like jokingly. Jen Sack KKKI. <laughs> it works better in text. But no, no, they were like, is that going to work? And because they were like, okay, so you can buy a test and then you submit it to your insurance and they'll reimburse you. Because you know how much insurance companies love reimbursing things without uh, a fight. And then. Someone was like, yeah, is that going to work? And she was like, are we supposed to just mail a COVID test to everybody in the country? So like, sarcastically? Yes. Um, y- yeah. You are. You can. You are the f- U.S. federal government. You, you, you fucking mail me shit for my taxes every year. Like, yeah. I don't understand how you can't mail me a fucking COVID test. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I, you mail everybody cards reminding them their student loans are going to be... <laughs> yeah. Uh, starting up repayment. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it was just disgusting. And just the sardonic. Oh, God. I don't. I, that clip made me so fucking mad. Yeah. Just the way. It, just the condescension. It was like, you fucking rubes. Is that, they're, this is how they feel. It's like, you idiot. Mm-hmm. You're going to get this and you're going to like it. Like, yeah. Because they're just like, oh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And it's like, N- nothing. I'm going to be mad at it. I'm going to make my podcast about it. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, yeah, so they only do the vaccines, but then there's also the element of the vaccine apartheid where you have fucking Joe Biden being like, oh yeah, we really, uh, we really support these drug companies, uh, lightening the, the, or easing up on the patent restrictions or whatever so that these other countries can manufacture vaccines while at the same time not doing any, like he could literally do an executive order to, Mm It's like, oh, okay, we're nationalizing these vaccines. They're we own the patents now, and we're giving them out to people. Nope, not gonna do that. Just gonna be like, you guys really should do this, mm-hmm. man. Somebody should do something about this. Huh, Joe? Do you know anybody who could do anything about that? Maybe. <laughs> I, and that and that's I mean that's just that's just Democrats in general. It's like mm-hmm. that's why I fucking hate whenever I see like Obama show up and say something about some bad thing that happened. It's like, damn. Too bad you didn't know anybody who could have done anything about that at any point. It's yeah. like, bitch, you were the most powerful person in the world for eight years. Yeah. Yeah, so COVID. That was a bummer. That's been going on a lot. What else we got? Oh. <laughs> I have three things. Okay, yeah, what you got? Well, as we talked about critical, critical race, race theory. theory. CRT, as it's known to the general population, the uh, cock and the roll true. torture. <laughs> um Sorry. Oh, that no. was no good. Um, My brave no, but <laughs> just, yeah, no, it's uh, critical race theory. If you say that racism exists, fuck you. That's racist against white people. Uh, racism isn't real unless it's, it's against white people. It's so funny because, like, these people out themselves with understanding how racist the world has been to this point, but then they just don't like it. They're like, ah, I don't like the people who are calling this out now. I was kind of really stoked about the whole racism thing. <laughs> yeah. This um, racism thing's been working out great for me. Yeah. I don't, can we not do anything about it? Like, yeah. Let's leave that is, like, It's literally just, uh, it's, it, I mean, uh, the whole thing about CRT is that it's taught as a college level, like, it's an mm-hmm. academic thing, right? It's not even taught, really. It's an academic yep. like, concept. No, they're teaching in kindergarten. It's all, yeah. You're in kindergarten talking about intersectionality and, like. I, I was walking by the local um, elementary school the other day, and there was this chance of Kill Whitey coming out of it, and I was kind of just like. <laughs> 
Damn. Hell yeah. <laughs> Based. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. I'll drink to that. Um, yeah, no, there's like, they're, yeah, burning just like white people in effigy. It but sucks. Like, even then, it's it, critical race theory is this like academic thing. And as far as what it actually says, what conservatives think it says is racism is bad and America has done it. And that's what upsets them. <laughs> and it's like, it's something as basic as that, where it's just like, Incredible. Well, why should white children have to go to school and feel bad about themselves? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I don't, I personally don't even know where to start. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. like I, <laughs> I used to teach, I mean, I taught technical theater, but I was eventually hoping to teach history, but I got out of that just at the right time. Not only because of the COVID thing, and it sounds like it's a fucking nightmare to teach, but also mm-hmm. because of just like the backlash with like school boards and everything. If I was a history teacher right now, I would have been... Not only fired, I would have been, like, executed in my home. The parent of a kid would have broken into my house and killed yeah. me. Because, I, I mean, I have, a, I have a current teacher friend who, I mean, she's quitting because teaching sucks right now. But she was like, yeah, no, uh, some of the new school board members were saying we should just kind of try and not talk about slavery. Mm-hmm. Just don't teach it. Just because, like, there's no way to teach it uh, in a way that makes everyone happy. So we're just going to maybe <laughs> pass over that part of American history. And it's like... Listen, I'm not on TikTok, but I hope there's I hope there's good history. I hope there's better history education there than there is uh, coming through some of these bills. Because holy yeah. Christ, there was one legislator in I think I want to say like North Dakota, and they were like, like our kids are being taught that Mount Rushmore was stolen from Indians. Like that's not good. We can't teach them that. Dog, do you? I I don't even know. Where, I, again, I don't know where to. It's bad. It's bad out there. I don't know what we're gonna do. And I don't know if this is a fair thing to say, but I don't think a lot of white parents generally care about their children. And I mean that in the sense, like, like I love my friends who have, like, white parents. They're always like, well, my parents kicked me out when I was 18, or my parents Mm. made me pay them rent when I was a child. And these types of things remind me of, like, I don't think these parents necessarily care that their children know these things is that their investments, which is what I think white children are to their parents are investments that like their investments might turn against them and they might be isolated once no, they go. I, I think you're totally right. Uh, I think, I think you're really honest something there. Like I think a big part of the backlash is like, I don't want my kid to come home and make me feel bad. Yeah. yeah. Or like, oh, yeah. I don't want my kid to come home and think that, and like, Accuse me of something. Yeah. Because I'm the boss. Yeah. I mean, well, like last summer when when uh, I was going to the protests in Denver uh, after George Floyd was murdered, you know, I had a conversation with my parents um, and that was one of the times where our kind of like our relationship really devolved because it was just like they were so stuck on this idea that like, why should we feel guilty? And I kept telling them, I'm like, it's not about your response or it's not about you being guilty as a white person. It's your responsibility as a white American, you know, as a benefactor of, of American imperialism and colonialism to understand this and to do better. It, you don't have to be guilty. Mm-hmm. You have to change your mindset and, and, and adjust accordingly. But like, like guilt is such a fucking loaded term. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing is like these white people, these white parents think of it always as guilt mm-hmm. and they don't want to be guilty. Well, and I think, and I think it's because there's this deep, Part of the American psychosis, like the thing that makes up like why everyone in America is so fucking insane is because like on some deep fundamental level, everyone knows, everyone knows that it's bad. Everyone knows that it's like built on 
just rape and genocide. Like everyone mm-hmm. knows that. And some people say like, oh, it's, it was fine actually, or like it was worth it or it wasn't as bad as all that. But like yeah. deep down, I think everyone knows. And they're just like, listen, we've gotten this far without really talking about it. And we need to keep doing that because otherwise I have to confront this, like the, the fracture in my own consciousness of that underneath everyday life. Yeah. And, and I don't want to confront that because mm-hmm. that sucks. And I think you're totally right that they know because the language that they utilize to discuss, like if critical race, like if people knew about like racism, they're like, well, you're going to oppress me or I'm going to become a minority. I'm gonna, I was like, gonna, you understand yeah. then that like you have a faint idea of what it's like to be a minority then. Oh, yeah. Well, it's the same thing that it. comes up whenever you talk about giving land back to mm-hmm. like indigenous people. They're like, oh, well, are we just all supposed to like they're just going to like round us all up and send us all back to Europe? And it's like no one ever said that. Like no one, had, no indigenous person like seriously thinks that's a solution here. You think that because that's what white people did. Yeah. And that's the only way you can think of that. Yeah. There, it's just that guilt. It's like, well, by rights, something bad should happen to us because we yeah. did like our ancestors did something bad. And like, yeah. and we benefit and like, they, uh, th- that's what I'm saying. They know, like we all know that we benefit and, and that there's this underlying violence that we, that we all benefit from. And it's like, okay, well, if we talk about critic, if, if, if we talk about how slavery was bad, then I'm going to be hunted for sport. Mm-hmm. All white people, they're going to put us in game preserves and just, like, they'll go on safaris and, like, shoot us. Like, yeah, and it's... And that seems to be a uh, continually rising political trend in the U.S., so uh, I don't have anything insightful to say about it right now. So, uh, but but it has been happening. Yeah. I think with... (laughs) uh, And even in the wake of Bell Hook's passing, um, I think... Any leftist who really wants to work, like, decolonize and actually work on being anti-racist, whatever that... I mean, we know what that means, but in the sense of, like, this vagueness that liberals have co-opted. I think if you actually are seeking to better yourself and better your community, it starts with actually... You can hate this history, and you could even hate your family's past about this, but you have to take that... And you have to set that aside and start to love and respect the communities that your ancestry may have contributed to their, like, kind of downfall and stuff. Like, you have to start loving the communities that you were, that are disadvantaged, in a sense. I think that's more important than, so you could essentially, like, I think liberals have now said, like, you have to talk to your parents and you have to convince them about this. And I'm like. You gotta fight with your uncle at Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I think. Radical act. yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like. And yeah, no, like you should stand up for sure. things, but at the same time, there are more important fights of you actually working within right. the community. I feel like energy needs to be spent there rather yeah, than like if someone's saying some like racist shit at your family yeah. gathering, like, yeah, like call it out for if you can. Sure. But that doesn't really do anything. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like guilt only gets you so far. Yeah. So and then the other the other big thing is uh labor shortage no one wants to work what's up with that there have been a lot of strikes this year uh, like awesome. like high profile strikes mm-hmm. um, the first one that got like the really big like that broke containment and like actually got reported on was like the John Deere strike yeah. I mm-hmm. think um, 
And, and that then, was a relatively successful one too, because they yeah, just they, they, got, they, they got went, a contract. I mean, yeah, they got a contract, and it was better than the one that they were yeah. offered otherwise. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then there was the IATI strike, the film production like workers. Yeah, uh, that one was not uh, like a couple good concessions, but it's like there were some issues with the a disconnect between the management of the union and uh, it's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other big one. I know of that's been going on for a long time and is still going on at the at this moment is Kellogg's. Yep. KK Kellogg's. Um, mm-hmm. sorry. I'm gonna keep trying. Yes. It's okay. Uh, but like, why why did this happen? Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of reasons to go into that. Like the labor shortage or the labor movements or, well, or I mean, Kellogg's. Like, why? Kellogg. I guess why did it? Not, not Kellogg specifically, but just like why did it seem like it was popping off? this summer and like this fall so much uh well because uh we didn't have uh, glorious president trump giving us our, our stimulus checks our anymore stimmy. so you know no stimmies <laughs> shit i'm gonna be real bummed yeah i don't know like no i you know it's it was a long time coming i you know, this is really something funny yeah uh, kind of interesting to me because like you know i spent years working in both the the, the food industry and the service side of things and also in, in beer production and, and production of beer is a it's kind of a different beast. Um, it's not as much of like a, an active uh, thing like a, a kitchen kind of is as far as like I, I don't need to be there to make the beer that somebody drinks that moment. You know, like it's it's more of like a production job, but especially having cooked the last like year and a half before brewing again. Um, and having just cooked a lot in my life, like it's a big conversation within kitchens because like, and I, I, you know, I thought about this for years where like I would work 10, 12, 14 hour days and either it was a day rate, like there was some jobs that I got out of culinary school where it was like, Hey, this is a pretty prestigious restaurant. Like here's your day rate, be here for 14 hours. And you kind of just put up with it. Cause like one, that's the industry. And you, you kind of expect that if you want to move forward and work in, in, in high end kitchens continually, you just have to sacrifice pay and, and well-being to get experience. And that's just kind of the way that it was always looked at. And then you have the other side of that, which is in, in North America, especially tip culture and the way that, that front of house oh, operates God. is on a completely different level. And um, I mean, I, I've seen this for a decade now being in kitchens where like the back of house staff is like, especially in America and especially in Colorado Springs, like the higher end places I was working at in Vancouver was a little bit different because it was just like so much more of like that. We're aiming for something to be a known entity. We want to be awarded things. We want to do that. So it's it's a little bit harder to place but like the 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 general like understanding of it especially in colorado springs just talking to people is just like cooks line cooks they're just like grimy you know 'er ne'er-do-well motherfuckers who probably do drugs and drink a lot and have problems and it's hard to keep kitchen staff or whatever and front of house is just like well-adjusted attractive people that make a fuck ton of money because tips they get all their money from the people they serve. And so there's like this inequality. And this, again, as far as the whole labor movement thing goes, there's a whole lot to talk about. But this is a big one, especially like this past year and a half, two years, because like America is like built on service. You know, We're, we don't do a whole lot of heavy industry anymore. We do some, obviously. But so you've got this this real divide between these people. And all of a sudden, like people still want to eat. But then there's no reason to have service. You know, like, oh, the cooks are still working. 
But then they're just giving it to a driver who works for Grubhub and taking it to, and like that's not service the same way that it would be going to a restaurant. And right. so, I mean, those people that were servers weren't really taking a whole lot of what what the labor behind a, a restaurant is anyway. Like labor costs are a large portion of what a restaurant is, but because of minimum wage laws and the, them being tipped employees, like that's a small portion of the whole labor outlook as far as staff and it's all back a house. And so it's like one of those things. So nobody wants to work because like, why the fuck would I work in a kitchen making the same money that I was making prior to the pandemic, working longer hours, probably having to do more work because we don't have a front of house staff to help me like do side work. And then fuck that. I can just like go like grocery stores are hiring the whole time. And like, Many grocery stores across the U.S. are unionized and they pay better and you get benefits and they'll probably send you to college, too. Like, Mm -hmm. I was like, so I think people were leaving that. And then, like, the front of house people were just like, holy shit, like, without having this kind of service industry basis, like, I don't make the same amount of money. I'm kind of treated like the kitchen's been treated for decades now. uh, And I don't like that. And also, like fuck these owners like you know fuck these motherfuckers that have been taking all this money from us and handing us pennies in return and it's like also customers fucking suck oftentimes like there's like all these things where it's like yeah it, it, it is it is it's the absolute like yeah it's the perfect storm of american culture breaking down on itself in its one of its biggest industries entirely mm-hmm. you know and that's that's been my understanding of like this labor shortage is like I, I mean, I know of places in town that don't have a labor shortage because they pay appropriately appropriately and they treat people well. Mm-hmm. And like that's that's one of those things where it's like, holy shit, they're open seven days a week still. Like, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. And then people will be like, well, we have to close three days a week because nobody wants to work. And it's like, well, they want to work over there. They want to work over there. Mm-hmm. I know these places are, you know, it's just wild. It's yeah. No, I mean, it, it just seems so obvious. Yeah. Just like, it's like, no, it's not a fucking labor shortage. And the thing is, I have still in the, so in, it is, it is December 16th in the last like two weeks, I have still seen people saying like, oh, well, no one wants to work because they're getting all these like fat unemployment benefits from the government. Motherfucker, Colorado stopped doing mm-hmm. the enhanced unemployment benefit or whatever. Mm-hmm. That was back in like October. September I can't it was that was months ago but they but that's that's the, that's the narrative is I mean it's the same I mean it's just the same thing we've been saying about people who are like on welfare or anybody who wants an increase in wages or benefits it's, it's the same thing we've been saying for decades and decades it's just like oh well uh, it's just easier to just sit around and collect a check and you don't have to do anything and you just have babies and do drugs and then it's just it's the same fucking bullshit and yeah, it, it's just I, it's just so frustrated. I'm just so frustrated with all yeah. this horseshit. Yeah. I just want to reiterate <laughs> that COVID nineteen happened, and we, as we mentioned earlier, about eight hundred thousand people died. And not only including how many people have now been disabled because of COVID. So you have this huge population of people who are just unable to work because they can't because of COVID and because of the United States response to COVID. They just can't work and make a living because their just body is not um, the system is not accessible whatsoever. Yeah. Well, and and again, this this all comes down to the labor shortage that that people are concerned about is is laborers that are on the ground doing mm-hmm. like manual labor. Mm-hmm. There has not been a shortage of you know, tech dudes that are moving <laughs> into like, I mean, again, this is like a personal experience thing. Like yep. the Springs is growing at such a f- fucking rapid rate. And like our downtown core has now become this place where like these tinderbox shitty constructed 
condos are opening up that are, you know, $1,500 a month for a studio. Mm-hmm. And they they're, look they're exactly fine. the same. I hate they it. look the exact same. And I guarantee like they're, they're made with shitty things that like one fire, one electrical fire gets started and the whole thing's going down. You know, mm-hmm. like it's, it's a tragedy waiting to happen, but they're filling up despite the fucking prices they're filling up because, you know, we're a place where, Oh, you can drive five minutes here in the mountains and you can go do this. And so like our city is having this labor shortage of goods and services, mm-hmm. But there's more people living here than ever before, because, again, there's there's no labor shortage for some dude coding in his fucking living room or or some executive that's like, oh, you know, what? like Denver is not, not like, I don't want to be in Denver anymore. I'm going to move down to the Springs and telecommute or whatever. Like that's that's the thing that like kills me is that like the wheels keep turning, you know, like money is still made for people. Mm-hmm. And, and like that's a part of this whole labor shortage is like despite this labor shortage, despite people not working. You know, the wealth in this country continues to rise, like the overall wealth that, that is well, yeah, encapsulated like, in this country. Yeah. But like, we're not we're not seeing it. Well, yeah. I mean, and what is it? The like all the billionaires in the U.S. made. I just I think like even just since COVID started, I, I don't remember the number, but it's some ludicrous like trillions of dollars of wealth or something like new money that's just been right. created. And they're still fighting about giving people $15 for minimum wage, yeah. which was radical 20 fucking years ago. Yeah. Um, and now is, I mean, cause yeah, I think, I think Colorado Springs, a living wage where like, yeah, it's 16. Well, you, I mean, you would know better cause you've been working on the, it's like, so based on my union's calculations, yeah. it's like 1677, but okay, fucking sure. chancellor is like, it's 1483. It's like, suck my dick. Van cat, but that's it. Van cat. I hate that man. So, and with the regards to the unemployment thing, or while you were talking, Taylor, it just reminded me of um, Biden's Twitter account had, uh, or President Brandon's Twitter account. Um, <laughs> I, that just cracks me up. It's just so it's so stupid. It just is the dumbest thing. It cracks me up. Um, no, his Twitter. It was like the economy looking real good because look at uh, our unemployment. Like people who file the number of people who filed for unemployment benefits. Like so much lower than last year, like two years before. It's like, yeah, because you shut off that spigot, basically, mm-hmm. of like unemployment benefits. And there are just massive, massive numbers of people who just remove themselves from the labor pool or like have been looking for so long that they don't get counted anymore. And mm-hmm. it just. Well, and like nothing has improved. We haven't received a single fucking stimulus check in over a year. Well, and then, so it's like, but no, but they improved, literally but like, said that the stimulus check, like Biden was like, yeah, the stimulus checks caused the inflation. And it's so like, yeah, we're never getting a cent from the government again. And you want to know, you want to know why the Democrats are going to get just totally owned in mm-hmm. midterms? Because when Trump was president, I got... 1800 bucks. When Biden was president, I got my student loans started up again. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Also, I think we just passed 800,000 people dying of COVID in the U.S. Okay. So, yeah. um, it, I mean, officially, yeah. it's almost certainly over a million because, like, yes. there have been all these, there's so, so many of the red states. I mean, just like all the states, they hide their numbers because it looks bad. Yeah. Anyway, 2021, a land of contrasts. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Any any other, any final thoughts about any final reflections on this year? Any hopes for the new year? Let's, yes. let's do that. I hopes like for hopes. the new year, 2022. Um, I think with these labor movements happening, I really do think we're starting to see 
some kind of class consciousness building within the United States. I mean, it's already starting, and I think people are trying to educate themselves better now. I know, like, I know we see dumbasses, and I know we have friends that are fucking dumbasses, but it's just, like, <laughs> I think it's... I really hope, and I'm really seeing it, that people are trying to better themselves and that marginalized folks are actually being listened to in a sense like mm-hmm. with the palestine issue with the um, israel issue i shouldn't say palestine issue but israel issue with the it's not gonna get better for, with china so i'm <laughs> but that's i'm talking about my hopes sure i i'm very hopeful about the labor movement i'm really hopeful about um kind of just class consciousness and people actually listening to marginalized folks i i am yeah. hopeful about that yeah yeah, I think I think that's right. Oh, that does remind me. They're the first unionized Starbucks. Oh yeah, just happened yeah. in New York. Well, yeah, I think it was Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo. yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I mean, um, yeah. So now, if you live in Buffalo, you have to go get the shitty Starbucks coffee because it's union. Um, no people. Yeah, people. Do, they're like, don't make this. I just want to give you all money because yeah. you're union. No, but yeah, no. I I, I think <laughs> I want to go drink good coffee, but I want to support you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think there have been. I I agree. I think there are a lot of interesting like hopeful signs about specifically like labor. I think a lot more it's just gotten more visible mm-hmm. in like a good way. Like people I wouldn't expect, like I have people in my life who I wouldn't have expected have been like, Hey, look at this cool thing that's happening. Like with this strike or whatever. I'm like, yeah, yeah, hell yeah. And, and, and I don't think I'm the only person who's noticed that. So yeah, I think that's a good one. Uh, I mean, that's that's a big one for me as well. I, I think that there's this the return of the union and it's it's a good one. You know, like it's it's not the union strikes back. I, you know, I don't think it's going to be unions that they were in the early, early 20th Great. century, yeah. but they're going to be better than they have been. They're going to be less of a, a, a defanged kind of tool and more of an actual mm-hmm. um, building block for something better. And then I'm also, you know, I you brought it up a little bit, but I'm hopeful that like. As, you know, China and Vietnam and Cuba and Laos and, you know, countries that exist outside of the capitalist sphere keep faring as well as they are. Um, I'm hoping that's going to continue shifting uh, this paradigm and this understanding of what um, a successful country looks like. I, I don't think that the U.S. as as a media enterprise uh, or the U.S. government also as a media enterprise um, is going to stop uh, trying to tear down China. But I, I think that China's so far beyond what the U.S. can like catch up to at this mm-hmm. point that like they're going to start setting new precedents for mm-hmm. the way that we operate uh, in this world. And like I, you know, the, at this point, I don't think that there's many people that listen to this podcast that like are going to give us shit for stuff like this. No. Cause like they know that we're Marxist Leninists and you're, yeah, but you know, it's one of those things where I think that like the, the outrage from people on the, the so-called left or quote unquote left, you know, that are so anti China, it hurts. Like it's dying. I think a little bit as far as like, uh, just like the, the most outrageous bullshit takes I can see, constantly see, but I don't know. I think that there's there's a, a greater trend, at least in, in left circles, that, you know, China is not the enemy. Um, and I'm hoping that next year that the the American populace starts seeing that, because, like, again, there's a lot of dehumanizing that goes along with it. But like as we start really talking about, like, you know, China is a country of a billion people and those people 
are humans that, you know, like they have voted for and they support their government Mm -hmm. for the most part, like as, as a whole, and they're doing good things. And I want, I'm just hoping that more people will start seeing that. I, you know, maybe I'm just like way too hopeful, but, (laughs) um, I, I don't know. Cause like, I obviously want to continue uh, and really get back into organizing and and fighting for a better world here in America. But like the one thing that I I keep banking a lot of my frustrations with America on is that like at least China exists and they're, you know, again, they're not perfect, but they are pushing for something so much better than what the U S is. And like, that's again, it's, 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 it's like the Soviet union was like, there had to be somebody to check the U S like, we didn't need to have nuclear proliferation. It, it really, you know, to this day it hurts, but like there needed to be somebody else there to say, fuck you, America, don't right. ever do this. Right. And China is now doing that with its technologies and with its, its, its ability to push forward with things like the Belt and Road Initiative and mm-hmm. building these inroads to, um, you know, countries across the world and saying, you don't have to rely on the U.S. anymore. And that's that is going to undermine U.S. empire, I think, more than people are. Um, giving it credit for. And that's, that's kind of my hope is that like next year, we'll, we'll really start to see this like increased momentum with the undermining of American empire through just <laughs> people stopping to trade with us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Being trapped in the U S while that's happening, like it's not going to be cool, but it'll be worth it. I think mm-hmm. just for human humanity. Uh, let's see. My big hope for 2022 is that God demonstrates his existence and goodness by stopping Elon, by exploding Elon Musk's heart. Seriously. Um, uh, wish for the small things. Ethan, that's a good one. I, I, my no, tangent sucks no, no, comparatively. No, no, no. I'm glad that I'm glad you guys talked about it. No, like, I, I hate that man. And uh, I want him to get burned in one of his own Teslas, not, not because of arson, but because of just how shitty they are. Yeah. Like, those, how shitty those cars are. Or have him blow up in his fucking spaceship. I want him to die slowly. I fucking want him to die. Yeah, like he's, he's gotta be, cooks, he's gotta be in one of his Teslas in that like shitty little underground tunnel <laughs> in Las Vegas. Fuck, that'd be so good. Um because he'd be like tw- he'd be like tweeting it like Oh no, I am blurting to death because I, I can't do his <laughs> shitty fucking accent. Fuck him. Um no, I don't know. Yeah, I think you covered all the ones I don't have any positive hopes about COVID or uh, no. it's going to get real bad. And yeah. I don't know. I hope, I guess my hope is that uh, Cuba or China will accept refugees from, <laughs> <laughs> from the U S when things get real bad here in yeah. a few decades. But yeah, um, no, I think uh, I do hope for more organizing here locally, mm-hmm. like that we can get the, get the band back together and throw the best concert this town's ever seen. Um, no, <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, I think, I think that'll be cool. I think there's a lot of cool things on the horizon, like, like personally and interpersonally. They're like America, not looking great. Like the world, I think, yeah, I think China and I, yeah, I think just the sort of counter hegemony, like economic and political hegemony with that, that's really exciting. And, uh, and yeah, that makes me very hopeful. And yeah, the, the labor movement also like makes me hopeful. My hope in 2022 is that no one I know dies from covid mm. yeah um, dies or gets it yeah. or i mean dies it. in general that would like i would, hopefully that doesn't happen but specifically covid because it seems like a drag yeah i've heard it, yeah uh, i just kind of wanted to end it by like just saying like to all the other leftist communists out there just like i just please don't be in despair and kind of stay in this nihilistic position i feel like 
throughout the years, we kind of been in that and we, I'm including myself in that we, in which it just feels like there's like no hope. Um, and that it just is getting worse. And in the United States, it is like, we're literally seeing how it's going to get worse. And I just want people to be hopeful and not stop organizing. And if you have conflicts within your organizing, unless it's DSA, fuck DSA. <laughs> if you have like conflicts with your organization, like just, you have to like, we have to work through these things. We can't just, we have to, we have to keep organizing and working uh, through it. Well, we can split and make a new party. We could do that. Don't but, do that. But don't do that. Maybe split, Please but only don't. do it. But like everyone's still there. You just change a different name. I know that's not what splitting means, we but it makes me the, think. Yeah. Everyone stay strong. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you have any feedback, questions, or comments, you can hit us up on Twitter at Proletarian Info, or you can send an email to inventthefuturepod at gmail.com. We will be back next year. No more episodes this year. Yeah, so until then, just uh, be careful out there. Don't get COVID. Keep wearing a mask. Um, And yeah, see y'all later. Bye. Bye. Bye.